some city and town planners in Connecticut are critical of the proposed fair share bill. The legislation would allow the Office of Policy Management to mandate how many affordable housing units each local government has and will create objectives for these towns and cities to meet. Catherine Braun is the Town of Fairfield's Planning and Zoning Commissioner, and she says the bill fails to protect open spaces. Uh, fair share. It's just a super massive mandate to add density with absolutely no provision for preserving open space. The bill is estimated to create over 140,000 affordable housing units across the state if passed. Opponents also say the increased housing density would change the character of communities and harm the environment. You're listening to After All Things, WSHU's daily news update from the Connecticut, New York region. A grant will help Shinnecock kelp farmers expand their eastern Long Island farm. Lawmakers in Connecticut consider a bill cracking down on repeat gun violence offenders. And what would Connecticut look like with fewer towns? Those stories and more are coming up. I'm Sabrina Garone. Shinnecock kelp farmers received $75,000 from the Nature Conservancy to expand their kelp farm and hatchery on eastern Long Island. WSHU's Maria Linders reports. Six Shinnecock women, including Tila Troge, founded the kelp farm in 2020 with the mission to improve water quality in Shinnecock Bay. She says she is excited to partner with the Nature Conservancy and grow their farm. The Nature Conservancy, of course, uh, has a huge land holding, and they have been providing incredible access to their preserves um, in, in an effort to, to clean up the water. Um, and we're just really excited to grow together. Kelp reduces the impact of pollution and climate change by soaking up nitrogen and carbon out of the water as it grows. The kelp farmers will use this money to expand their kelp farm to eliminate an estimated 4,000 pounds of carbon and 320 pounds of nitrogen from Shinnecock Bay. Maria Linders, WSHU News. The Connecticut State Judiciary Committee held a public hearing today to discuss a proposed law to reduce gun violence in the state. WSHU's Ada Uzenlar has more. A House bill aims to increase accountability for repeat offenders who commit serious crimes for having access to guns. Those who came to speak in support of the bill included Waterbury Police Chief Fernando Spagnolo. Our city's violent crime has increased exponentially over the past year. We believe that the common sense solutions contained within House Bill 6834 would change the path of high-risk individuals who have shown their desire to continuously engage in repeat serious firearm offenses. The bill would allow the immediate arrest of offenders on probation if found owning a gun illegally or altering it in any way. Spagnolo shared his support of the increased accountability. He says 70% of the crimes concerning fatal and non-fatal shootings in Waterbury are committed by those on pretrial release, bond, or probation. Ada Uzenlar, WSHU News. Yesterday marked the first full week of students occupying Fanning Hall on the Connecticut College campus in New London. The building houses the office of the school's president, Catherine Bergeron, who the students and faculty are calling to resign. Sophomore Ashley Perez-Diaz is one of the 30 students in Fanning. She says the support of the faculty and staff outside the building wasn't lost on them. Overall, I think everybody has really bonded and gotten closer especially given the fact that we all share different identities. 
and some of us were definitely a little worried that we wouldn't get along because of those different identities. Luckily, that hasn't been the case, and everybody on campus has been super supportive, including other faculty and students. The student protests are the result of a canceled school fundraiser in Florida that led to allegations of racism and anti-Semitism and sparked the resignation of the college's Dean of Equity and Inclusion. Connecticut has a ton of small towns with a lot of town pride, but some say merging into bigger towns would make things more efficient. More on the controversial idea coming up after headlines and a message from our supporter. Support for After All Things comes from Hartford HealthCare. More COVID vaccine answers at hartfordhealthcare.org slash vaccine or 833-621-0600. The LIRR says it added three shuttle trains to Brooklyn this morning to alleviate crowding at Jamaica due to the new schedule following the opening of the Grand Central Madison. In addition, cars will be added to trains on the Babylon, Long Beach, Port Washington, and Ronkonkoma lines. The town of Woodbridge, Connecticut, is choosing not to participate in a state-backed student choice program with New Haven. The town's Board of Ed voted in January not to fill two open-choice kindergarten seats with New Haven students, meaning no New Haven students can enroll in Woodbridge Public Schools next year. Board members say their decision is financial and the city owes them money for costs associated with special education services provided to some of the open-choice students. On Long Island, one person was killed and two others critically injured when the small plane they were in crashed short of the runway at Republic Airport in Farmingdale over the weekend. The pilot had reported smoke in the cockpit just before the crash. Suffolk police say they believe the plane was concluding a sightseeing tour. The crash occurred just 300 feet south of the LIRR tracks near Wellwood Avenue. Does Connecticut need 169 municipalities? Some are suggesting that town consolidation would be more efficient. Tom Condon writes about urban and regional issues for the Connecticut Mirror. He spoke with WSHU's Davis Donovan about whether or not this idea is actually realistic. So in your article, you explore the idea of merging some of Connecticut's municipalities. Can you give us a brief overview of what town consolidation in the state has looked like historically? It's basically been non-existent. The state has gone the other way, dividing bigger towns into smaller ones. And this goes back to the, the Puritan origins of the state, where farming communities would form autonomous congregational churches. They would apply for a church uh, status for, to the General, General Assembly, originally called the General Court. And then a community would build up around them. Now, sometimes it'd be a theological dispute. And so half of the congregation would march, you know, a day's walk and start a new church. You know, they'd argue about the shape of the window or something, whatever. I mean, do you ever notice that there were three Protestant churches on the New Haven Green? These theological disputes would bring about new churches, and they were autonomous, they were self-reliant, and so were the towns that built up around them. 
So you'd start out, for example, Hartford in colonial times included what is now West Hartford, East Hartford, and Manchester. Over time, these communities hived off from Hartford, so we're left with four towns where there was one. And this has been the pattern across the state. Waterford was once part of New London, and Scotland was once part of Wyndham. You know, so it's the same, it has been the same hiving off creating more small towns, fewer large towns. So that's how sort of how we got here. Now, in some states, that was made up for by county government. Connecticut had counties, but they were weak counties. They didn't have much to do beyond sheriffs and jails. At one time, they gave out liquor licenses, but that ended after Prohibition. So, And then the counties were done away with uh, in 1960. So uh, we haven't had counties in 60 years. But we've got 169 municipal governments in an area, and then some also some you know borough governments and what have you, in an area that's smaller than some counties in the West. So I raised the question, is this a good idea? So is it? I mean, do we actually get any advantages out of this that other states with stronger county governments or fewer municipalities don't have? I can't think of any advantages we get with all these small towns other than it's what we're used to. You know, it's this land of steady habits. People like their towns. So I guess the question is, could you keep what you like about your town? You know, it's the Little League and the Memorial Day Parade and what have you. And at the same time, get regional, more efficient service delivery. So in other words, can you have it both ways? Are you willing to give up a little power to save money and get more efficiency? That's the question. Thus far, it has been answered no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's where it is. And by the way, consolidation, either with another town or with the surrounding county in the states that have counties, which is 48 of them, are very difficult. People don't like change. And yet when it's happened, it has accrued to the benefit of the community. I mean, you, you look at, I once lived in Indiana at a time when Indianapolis was known as Indiana Place, the stoplight in the cornfield and all. It merged with its surrounding county and has become a booming major league city. The same with Nashville, Louisville, Jacksonville, Florida. So it's a funny thing. People don't want to do it, but when they do it, it seems to work. You uh, brought up the example of Hartford. I mean, what would it look like if it were actually done in a city or municipality in Connecticut? It would be the second largest city in New England. It, it would have almost 300,000 people, you know, which you have now, you know, like snowplows stop at the town line. Very inefficient. Every town's got their own 911 call center. Harris County, Texas, where Houston is, which is about the size of Connecticut, has one. Greater Hartford has a whole bunch of them. You know, the, I think it would be, and it would be more appealing to companies. Companies like critical mass of population for employees, for benefits to their employees, you know, quality of life. And so I think it would it would look different. There's no question. But is this a conversation that's that's actually happening? Is there a group of lawmakers supporting this right now? Is there a movement for this? There is not. What is being supported and has been certain legislators is regionalizing some municipal services. Now, we have nine uh, councils of government in the state. We should have eight, but that's another story about Bridgeport. They have gradually offered more regional services, bulk purchasing, uh, permitting, online permitting, uh, a bunch of uh, animal shelters. Now, they haven't, it, has, it hasn't reached 
sort of first tier services. I mean, we haven't seen anybody merge police departments. I mean, although there are some towns that have resident troopers and stuff, but you know where it may happen, I think, is in, is in fire protection because it's gotten harder to get volunteer firemen, right? Fire, firefighters, I should say. And if, if because of this, you know, coverage fails, there may be a demand to get more efficient regional fire coverage. That would be a big step ahead. I mean, maybe, I mean, the ideal situation perhaps would be that if you had every service that could be more efficiently offered regionally, offered regionally, and let the towns become villages or boroughs, keep some of their, you know, keep some of their duties and keep what people like about them. I mean, you know, somebody said, nobody knows the Trumbull I've seen. Oh, never mind. <laughs> the, uh, no, but, you know, you know, people like their towns, right? And so, but it, so you, you know, the place is still there. You still got what you like about it. And you don't have to worry about emergency calls or fire, the fire, fire department showing up or say, you know, what have you. Uh, that's where it goes. I, you know, it's for the small towns, it's getting harder to find employees, it's getting harder to find assessors and clerks and, uh, you know, the people that do the daily work of keeping a town going. There, there's a, interestingly, in Eastern Connecticut, they're working up a proposal to have three towns share a town manager. So uh, is this a step toward consolidation? Uh, you know, tune in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in today, and thank you, Tom, for joining us. My pleasure. For the latest news from Long Island and Connecticut, you can listen on the radio or anytime online at WSHU.org or with the WSHU app. After All Things is supported by Hartford HealthCare. And as always, if you have any thoughts or story ideas you'd like to share with us, please feel free to reach out. Our email is news at WSHU.org. I'm Sabrina Garone. Have a great rest of your evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.